0: Welcome to the Cycling Central podcast for another week in Sydney, Australia. I'm Philip Gomes and joining me again are our altitude native Anthony Tan and Ride Media, Ride Cycling Review Editor, Rob Arnold. How are you both? Pretty
1: good. No, you go first. You always go first. I'll jump in after you. I'm always pretty good. I'm never ecstatic or... uh, (laughs) What's the altitude reference?
0: Uh, that's uh, with regard to Hanau. Sergio, oh. with Team Sky, because he's been, he's been benched. He's been he's been benched again, okay. right? Where the 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 CDF they've come back to him and yeah. said we're still not happy with the way your biopassport looks, and Team Sky has put out a you know they've, they've sat him down and you know they're trying to work out why his biopassport profile
1: looks the way it looks. I thought mm. they already did that. Yeah, I well, mean, they did. It's it's kind it's of so funny. Very weird. It's like we're we're sidelining you, but we believe in you.
2: At this point, we do need pictures. We need a, a diagram, an illustration of what the what the parameters are, are looking at. Well, I think uh, otherwise, it's just the interpretation, uh, isn't yeah, it? Yeah,
1: but you know, I even mean, we had the data, Rob. I mean, I, do we know what we're looking at?
2: Well, you know? No. Well, they should. It needs to be explained because mm. they're on the verge of ruining a career.
1: Mm.
0: Or maybe he's on the verge of ruining his own career.
2: It might be that way.
0: Right. So we, we just don't know. But we, we, can, we can touch on this a little bit as we go along. But during Tour Down Under,
2: so he came second in Tour Down Under, didn't he? Yes. Or third. Second. And he did. But um, someone who was it who tweeted uh, every time I hear his name uh, that they think of uh, Crowded House. Crowded House. I think hey it's now, very funny. It hey still now. makes me laugh. Yeah. And that was months ago. <laughs> that's a joke that just yes. keeps on giving. Anyway.
1: Perhaps to you, Rob. I, I don't, <laughs> I'm, I'm a bit open. I've, I've heard. I'm them. easily amused. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> do we listen to music and then rip into it, or yeah, it? yeah? Well, um, should we'll, we talk about uh, we'll, life?
0: Uh, well, generally? no, no, no. We'll, How it's 28
2: degrees outside and it's the 21st of April. Well, uh,
0: our, mm. our our friendly uh, operator over there has to uh, work the desk at 1 p.m. sharp, so I think he's pretty anxious for us to kick on. Today, we're going for a gentlemanly ride through the Ardennes. Amstel Gold Race, fleche Liege, Bastogne-Liege. Looks Before like- we slam on our disco Inferno brakes, those murderous spinning scythes of death. The machetes. That's right. And then, you know, and obviously, yeah, we're doing it right now, so we're going to segue into... Whatever uncharted waters we we segue into, so
2: we'll get some air in cans. Yes, that's crazy.
0: Yeah, we'll have a bit of that on the weekend on uh, on SBS. So um, let's um, get some overall impressions. I mean, obviously we're we're in the middle of this sort of like this final phase of of, of the cycling season. So we've gone through a couple of classics and. We're into the Ardennes week, i guess transitional
2: phase, not final
0: phase sorry that's right, I think yeah, yeah actually yeah. transition a much better word actually I'll try um, <laughs> wordsmith <laughs> and uh yeah, I mean, overall impression so far i mean we've you know we 've done Hamstall. we've we've had flesh last night, which you know was was pretty much a predictable outcome in many ways, but mm. uh, your thoughts, Anthony, you watched last night
1: yeah, I did i mean i I, I like this new course I, I found. Uh, flesh alone, so boring. Even when I covered it as a report, it was so. It just felt it's so predictable. I, I know now it's it still happened, obviously on the murder we uh, last night. But you, there's there's a little bit more suspense. There's a chance for those guys to get away. Perhaps uh, who was who's, Steve it, Cummings? Yeah, Cummings. Perhaps. Mm. Uh, well, he did have a companion. He wrote He rode his companion off his wheel. Um, by being on the front, so that, that, I, I mean, there was still, I, I thought maybe he'd have a chance, and, and it, it, I think, uh, if he had another, if they had another one or two guys, perhaps they, they, they would have, um, but yeah, uh, arm still goal for me, that was a OG stuff up. I mean, listening to Rob's interview with Michael Matthews, um, the day following, or two days following, I just, yeah, I, I was really squirming in my seat because Rob asked all the right <laughs> questions. Yeah. Uh, I have to give him kudos for that because I'm not sure whether I would have done the same uh, or had the balls to do the same because they're, they're the questions that were needed to be asked, but it really didn't have a definitive answer. It felt like Whitey was banking on one of them being dropped on the Cowberg and that's why there was no plan it was like oh well okay you know one of you is not riding for the other in the event that you're both still there and that's what really that was really part of the plan that was missing hence um my blog well, the, the, you're talking
2: the, about Michael Matthews and Simon Garous. Simon Garous mm. yeah that's right mm. so the,
0: you know we we're we're talking about uh, and and everyone's really talking about this this mm. this tension that seems to have developed between them. Mm. Uh maybe not a personal tension but certainly there's a racing tension when the two of them are, are on the team mm. together, and I think it becomes something-
1: personal, Phil. I mean, like, how can it not? You're on the same team, okay? You don't share the same room, but you're in, you're going for these races. I mean, this is their lives, isn't it? I mean, it's it, it gets personal. I We've
2: mean, touched on it before, haven't we? After yeah, yeah. And, and I, I, this- I tried to sort of avoid it, but I, I came in Monday morning after having. <sighs> Sort of slept on it and just thought, no, I'm got, to, I've got to say something. There's got to be some sort of sense of collaboration. There's got to be a, a, a little bit of unity, especially coming off this sort of the, the week-long trail of of Green Edge praise that we had. Like we were thrilled. Everyone was still buzzing by the time Amstel Gold came around. Just everyone was still buzzing off Matthew Heyman's win, you know. And we were thrilled with the way that that all and was enacted and and Green Edge managed it tactically, fantastically. And then I guess that's what exaggerated the, the conflict. And it's clear that there's conflict. You know, when one's on the right of the road, one's in the, uh, on the left. Simon and Matthew, Michael just don't seem to want to ride for or with one another. And, and in a team environment, that's odd. And let's be clear, they're one of 22 or 23 teams in the race. So it's not like it was that, that was the only story. But we... Well, that's Australian our sto- that's our story, yeah. yeah. From, from and that, Australian that's an Australian sure. team, and they were for, they were ended up fifth and eleventh. Hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. It was glaringly obvious, though, wasn't it, Rob? I mean, when they were riding in key moments, that it was weird actually because both Matthews and Garans were riding behind the OGE train when they there was three of them at the front. I I thought that was a little strange, but yeah, just to have. Guerin's on the opposite side of the road as Matthews it just felt you could cut the tension with the knife and mm. uh and then why should we believe anything that's written in the press releases about them having a discussion um after Richmond and everything's oh we we had one immediately it was all sorted out it's it's bs i mean it's it's not it's not sorted i mean uh, Matthew's saying to Rob, you know, we're both winners. That's true, but so was so is um, Valverde and Quintana. I mean this this reminds me really of this is, this is the Australian version of uh, Paula Paolo and Michele Bartoli at, at Mapay uh, what was it Mape Quicksale, It was just Mape uh, in, in the nineties. It's the same sort of infighting, two very, very similar riders. Um but with Bartoli and uh, Bettini, they are around. Uh, there was only a couple of years difference. Whereas here, there's about ten years age difference, and you can see the generational difference. Garen's believes you know deference should be shown as an elder statesman. Matthews is ready there in terms of his form. I mean he was he was just floating mm. all, all day. You felt he had what? he had so much more to give. I was incorrect because uh, Phil, you said that. Matthews would have that punch to go with the leaders on the on the Cowboy and, and, and he did. He he actually said to Rob, you know, maybe I need to rethink and maybe I just need to attack myself. And I think perhaps <laughs> that he he could have. He could have gone with those guys. Uh, but he, he was the man for designated for the sprint and then what happened last year as well, following Gilbert's wheel, it was natural that he decided not to go with that move.
0: Rob uh what do you reckon the solution is for this? What does history think, tell us? Well,
2: I think it's really easy. They, they need to sit down and have a chat.
0: Hmm.
2: I, when I was writing my my piece on Monday about it, I was I found it difficult because I, I have known both for quite a while, and obviously Simon longer because he's older. But and and there's been a, um, a long history of of watching Simon excel in races, and I have a lot a great deal of respect for him. I, I love the way he he comes and delivers when he needs to, and um, often he comes and delivers when he needs to, and um, and you know he's won Milan San Remo, he's won Liège on Liège, he's been third uh, twice in Amstel Gold, he knows how to ride it, he's got every reason to believe that he should be the protected rider, and similarly, uh, the, the, you know, there's other. Um, other things that apply to Michael Matthews and why he should be the protected rider. I think what was interesting, and it's, public opinion doesn't have any sway on it at all, but you did do a poll on Cycling Central and, I, and, and there were five or six or seven options of, of what people, you, you, you suggested people could nominate. And uh, it was in, in Anthony's blog yesterday. And I think that from my last clicking on it, uh, it was sort of the consensus was that Simon should have worked for Michael. And that's that's kind of my appraisal too, but I'm not calling the shots and and, um, and I'm not having to swallow my own pride either. I'm not Simon Gerrans having to sort of say, okay, well, let's do that. But at some point there should be a discussion. You know, you can have a game plan going into the race and say this is how we're going to roll. And and, my, and Michael explains it in the interview I did with him where the the concept was that if anyone moved on the Cowberg, so the climb to let's say, 1.9 kilometres from the finish. It was Simon to go with it. Is that right? Or was it the other way around? And well, Michael was to go with it. But what happened in the end, uh, in, in Michael's interpretation, he was there, he should know, is that uh, Gasparotto's move came as they crested the hill. So that put them in no man's land. Do they chase then or what's the situation? In other words, you can't pre-plan for a bike race to that level of accuracy. So, a decision had to be made. And they were very close. They could have yelled at each other, Simon, get on the wheel. Michael, get on the wheel. Do something. They could have had some communication. But Michael was very clear with me. They did not speak at all during the race. Great.
1: And that's sad. That, that was obvious. That, hmm. that for me just said everything that in these crucial final kilometres, you do need to at least gesture. If you can't talk, uh, understandably, on the Kalberg, but they they can. These guys are su- at such a high athletic level; they can actually shout. I mean, you see Cavendish do it mm. in sprints. He's he's shouting at his teammates, G- mm. "Get that wheel, you know, keep keep on the front." So uh, there there can be communication even in when they're at you know their uh, maximum, yeah, anaerobic threshold. Mm. So the uh, thing is, yeah, I just think is is it all I guess I'm putting out is it all uh, it felt like Matthews was saying well I was following orders and the orders there was no orders in the situation if they were both there in the final and uh, I think yeah part of that blame lies on uh, Matt White for not uh, basically articulating what would happen in that situation but also these are grown men and they're, they're professional bike riders. And you've seen in other situations where two riders on the same team with similar abilities, they, they basically say, okay, I'll work for you. Mm-hmm. Such as in Castilla, uh, Castilla y Leon, um, you had uh, Valverde riding for Bettencourt, but he, he couldn't go there in the final. And so that's why he went over the top of him on the final day. So, uh, Valverde has learned humility, I believe, an element of humility which perhaps he didn't have so much before, and I think it's actually helped him. He he really feels. I, I thought he was on the way out of Molvi Star, and now he feels like he's really part of the team again. Yeah. Um,
0: it's interesting you you brought up the poll uh, because I've been you know I follow the sentiment on social media, see what people's responses are on Facebook and uh, Twitter, etc., and. It seems to me that the Australian public, because that's, that's the focus of our audience, is the Australian public. Mm. The Australian public is prepared to back Matthews mm. in just about all situations now. So there's been a clear shift in terms of the way they perceive this, this relationship. Mm. And yeah, they, they just seem to think that you know it's time for, uh, for Simon to just take a small backseat you know, and, and uh, do a bit of, bit of writing for someone else.
2: And we are analysing it to, to death. To death. But, yes. I mean, I, what makes it a little bit interesting is the last time we talked about it, it was in the national team. So we had Brad McGee, who was the one in the card calling the shots and, and doing pre, pre-race planning. And this time around it's Matthew White and Lorenzo and, and the other DSs at Orica Green right. Edge. So it's trade team versus national team. And the same, sent- the same conclusion is reached. So, you know, a lot of, I think Matt White's copping a lot of the blame, but I don't know if it necessarily needs to be directed his way. I, I mean, does, is this the point where management itself comes in and Shane Bannon, who, who put the team together and runs the show, does he come in over the top of everyone and, and, and say, here's what we're going to do? Does, does Jerry Ryan do a Giorgio Squinsey and come in as team owner and say, right, fellas, this is what I want you to do. You've got to lead so-and-so to the line. That's how it was. Imagine, you know, it's a different scenario, but the, it's a famous reference. Point in '96, uh, Paris Roubaix, when there were the three Mappe riders come into the velodrome, and Squincy had made made the the demand in over the telephone to the team director, and it and it applied, and they led Museo over the line, and Taffy, on the day of his birthday or his daughter's birthday or something, he ended up third, and there was much conjecture about how that was played out. This is a different scenario, but at the same time, a, a decision should be made. Because I think that uh, – and, and it's also uh, sort of pulling a little bit of reference point away from Gasparotto and Peter Sagan at the World Championships. Let's, it's, it's important to say that because uh, even had Simon worked at the Worlds, I don't think that Michael would have been able to get uh, – beat Sagan. I don't know. It, it's complete – it's it's complete uh, fiction anyway. I'll, I'll to consider. go with
1: you on on that one mm-hmm. for Richmond. I, I perhaps I wouldn't say the same though for Amstel Gold. It was the race
0: was there to be won. Yeah,
2: yeah. I think that why we're talking about it is that we saw Orica Green Age lose a race that mm-hmm. they should have won, and uh, as opposed to the the week before when everyone else lost the race and Matthew won.
1: Yeah. Uh, Michael didn't. I mean, that that was one race he wanted so badly. You know, in that it was really good that you stuck up that video that that shimano created yeah it was good wasn't it it was it was also made me realize uh, um matthews has grown up a lot his ability to articulate his thoughts is so much better than it was even two years ago and you you know you got the same that's where he met his now wife you know there's there's a lot of uh, special feelings and sentiments associated mm. with that race, even though people go, oh, it's not a monument. For him, it it is. And then also I'd wanted to say that Guerin is the outright leader for liege on liege So there needs to be a bit of give and take. That's That's my feeling, regardless of the fact he's finished on the podium before. You've got a guy who... You know, in Matthews is is a, a super fast finisher, yeah. and he was in the form of his life. It was yeah. just an opportunity that went missing. Yeah, yeah.
2: Last word I've on the Last word on this. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I would back Michael over Simon in that instance, and yeah. and, and I think that. Yeah, the, the way that he prepared for it was good, and Simon knew that the week, the subsequent week, he would be protected rider for Liege Baston Liege, so they should have shared it, huh. to be honest, and 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 that would have been a diplomatic decision, and it would have been based on, you know, some tangible concepts. Michael, you get protected in Amstel Gold, um, and Simon will look after you and Liege Baston Liege. Job done, yeah. decision made. One lead is much better at, in that environment. Yeah. Um, we move on.
0: Yeah, we moved on because uh, one, I, I've made some notes, and, and on, on, on these notes I've got uh, Valverde written down because obviously he won last night. Mm. But I think Anthony's comments about it—it it does seem that uh, it's because we are touching on this topic, mm. and because it's you know Valverde is in a similar was in a similar situation last year, uh, maybe the year before with uh, with Quintana, mm. and. The reality, the way it looks to me now with Valverde is that after the tour last year where he he really turned himself inside out for Quintana, that the weird thing is, yeah, he's probably added a couple of years to his career. But what he's also added to his career is some credibility, right? Because people now believe that he's a team player, Mm. right? which, you know, there was always a bit of doubt there. And he just looks so much better right now. It seems like there's, you know, there's this clarity um you know there's a purpose to his racing which really is kind of intriguing for me with the Giro d'Italia coming up you know it's uh, it's not a foregone conclusion that race at all and you know somebody like Valverde could could do that so you know uh, i think maybe Simon Garen's could take a bit of a look at Valverde and see how that relationship's kind of played out mm.
1: yeah i guess you you saw how much third place in the tour meant to Valverde last year but i think it also meant as much to him to show that he can be a team player because that was the subject of some conjecture you know um in that transition from him as outright leader to Quintana it's it's never easy i i mean this it's not like i'm putting down a I'm just saying, geez, Garans just needs to fall on his sword over this thing. But you know, I think you'd also need to realise in Matthews, you do have a guy who who's an who he, he's a leader. Uh, he he's he's got the the runs on the board now, and he he deserves his place as a leader. In the team, and Orica Greenage is known for a team which can have multiple leaders, whether it's uh, Heyman in Roubaix and Guerin's in Liège and Matthews in Armstall or uh, Milan San Remo. So it is possible to have multiple leaders, but they also need to know their place and forfeit perhaps their own chances at at a time when someone else's chances are better.
0: And and it looks to me like um, Valverde's efforts last year at the Tour earned him the Giro this year.
1: It's it's also, I'm looking forward to the the, the Giro. I mean Val, Valverde is not even training for these Arden mm. week like he has in previous years. He's he's building up. He's he, there's there's still more to come from this guy uh, at all well, at 35 years old. Mm.
0: The, yeah. the the reactions to him, you know, on the web, you know, very, are always very mixed. Very, mixed yeah. very very mixed, but I don't think uh, anyone can deny the kind of quality he brings to a field. And, that, you know, when he when he lines up, you know he's going to be at the business end of a race. Yeah, it, I mean, as soon it. as
2: it was announced that he was going, everyone, the odds just went, you probably had to pay to gambling. <laughs> <laughs> as in, <laughs> it was the reversed odds because he was that big a favourite. And when it, I found it actually, I found it a really dull race. I just sort of wished that I could get that time back because it just felt like such a script. I didn't... In, uh yeah i I went to, just like you Anthony. I remember being there in two thousand and six when he won for the first time, and there was a little bit of there was um there was a story behind it because it was the first time a Spaniard had won, which seems odd because it is such a climber's race now but um I, I don't know it just it was kind of a bizarre broadcast, and it was weird that poor old um Aunt McCrossan, who was calling the race, was referencing the fact that well, the women are in the last three, <laughs> five kilometres. We'll be crossing to images of that soon, and we're mm. in the last three kilometres. And, and oh, hang on a sec, we're not going to go there at all. And and,
0: and to be quite, yeah, look, there, there, there was a, a bit of confusion about that. But th- that I, that's actually this is actually an interesting ter- talking point, I think, with the women's race as well, because I think there is a way to to be able to work the women's race into these these men's races if you want to say or to run co-races and have it work from a broadcast perspective mm. but there was a lot up, a lot up in the air regarding what was going to happen and we we had no notes no notices about anything that was going to happen with the women's coverage and apart from what Ant, Ant said even him the broad, there, yeah, he, he had he no quite,
1: idea no, there was so, no so, you know, there. and happening? it's not the first time this has happened though, Phil, right. where mm-hmm. they've they've promised or they believe they're going to get pictures and then they haven't yeah. delivered. I mean, it's. But just...
0: what's interesting to me, you're talking about the boredom in the men's race leading up, obviously, to that final climb, which is where you know all the excitement's going to be. So With there, all was, there was respect
2: to the people in the break putting trying to put on uh, a true, show, true. but it was like.
0: But this was a unique opportunity because you had this other race evolving that mm. looked really interesting that was going going to end in a really interesting conclusion. Mm-hmm. So. And he had all this boring kind of pitter-patter happening in the men's race. So there was a unique opportunity to kind of go, well, let's switch to this exciting thing, Mm. right? Especially
2: when the men's race is on a closing circuit. So in other words, okay, let's allocate one moto. Yes. And and send it over just to follow them. Because if you've got – we're talking about guys coming 5th and 11th when we should be talking about the girls who came 2nd and 3rd from the same team. One of the cool things about –
0: say like the NFL broadcast, like, you know, you have, this, you have the NFL Sunday broadcasts, uh, you know, what they do is they, in that broadcast, you may be watching game X, mm. but they keep going back to the other games that are on and showing you key plays, key touchdowns, that sort of thing. So this is stuff that we can do because other sports are doing it. So if the men's race is flat, nothing's happening, the brakes not being pulled back, it's just a zero race, let's go to the women's race
2: especially let's when they did and show it. They showed it as a split screen. Yeah, and that like. that
0: that was no good either. Mm. And then we only got we only got clean pictures after mm. the broadcast that effectively ended, uh which we've got up on a website right now. We got some clean some nice clean pictures, no split screen. So, in a way, yeah, that actually did the women's coverage a bit of a disservice. They didn't even have the decency to mm. just kind of go full screen on the women's finish and to kind of like follow through from that, mm. you know, to watch second, third, fourth, fifth, whatever comes come through. So, yep. you know, it. It yeah, it was kind of weird. And, and really that, that needs to be fixed. And, you know, I don't like to criticize, um, you know, race organizers too much because I know that there's a lot there that they've got to deal with. But...
2: If you've gone to the yeah. effort to put the women's race on, you've got all the media that gathered there. Provide some service. At least let the commentators know that you're not going to throw the, the live images. Yeah. Because poor old Macrossan was left just sort of floundering
0: and and this this happened this happened the uh, uh the week before when i oh, sorry at flanders when uh, when robbie mm. and uh and hank and matt and those guys you know they, they we literally had no idea and when sbs gets had no under idea. attack
2: by twitter arty yeah. trying to <laughs> yeah, say, what are you do you why are you doing it you, 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 everyone's trying to manage as best right? they can and the guys are
0: like oh look there's a women's race on the screen how cool is that
2: while we're talking on bro- broadcast <laughs> can i just ask a really obvious question oh. Yeah, I on. have the answer. All right, okay. But so, here's the question. Yeah. What is Velon doing? Like, uh, my actually, answer is this, very, very little. Okay.
0: Can Can we just kind of park that for a minute because yeah. I want to. I want to be because we do want to talk a little bit. We We need to say who won the women's race. Thank you. Which is Anna Van Anna Right of the RoboLive team, and what's unique successful in that successful title defense. That's right, successful defense, and what's also unique. Uh, about her win is the fact that she cracked the balls dolman stranglehold on the women's yeah. world tour mm. up until this point because they pretty did want everything mm. um and it looked like that was going to happen and in fact balls dolman ended up two three on the podium as well mm. so you know which so that that was an interesting outcome so you had this and
2: Evelyn stevens she was second and she's won yeah. it before a couple of years before didn't she win in tw- uh. 2011
0: Right. I'm, going to, I'm going to plead yeah. ignorance on that. I think so. Yep.
2: Yeah. So, uh, the, 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 in other words, she's a proven force. She's yeah. Well, our, you know, she's done a heaps.
0: The, the field, like the the field, was stacked. Marianne mm-hmm. Voss was in the race. Uh, Elizabeth Armstead was in the race. I think Voss finished eighth or ninth. And hang on, hang on, know, hang
2: so. on. So Lizzie raced and didn't win. Is she, that what you're telling me?
0: Uh, yeah. Look, I think she just tapped it out.
1: Okay. Oh, I think though, after <laughs> Armstead, basically assumed that. Previous mantle that, that Voss had, it sort of all bets are off in the whims. Like they feel that they can beat each other, whereas during Voss's uh, heyday, it was like, well,
0: not she, it's not happening.
1: That she almost beat them before <coughs> they that they, they even you know turned a pedal stroke. Yeah. Um, n- now that Armistead is around, it shows you can even you can beat the best in the world, yeah. even though Voss wasn't. At, at her best before you know she took time out. I think it's shown. Well, you know we we can beat we can beat these girls. Yeah. But my reference
2: my reference my reference <laughs> my reference to <laughs> Velon was um. Was okay, let's talk about Velon now. it. relates to the women. Like they, they, uh, we hear about how there's eleven uh, world tour teams in Velon are, are going to gather together to change the world. And so far the world remains exactly the same. But we get every once every couple of months a three or four-minute YouTube clip. Like, that's a slow clap. Big deal. Like, honestly, I was watching... I looked at the Vellon site just to try and get an update. It is so... Nothing. It's flat as a tack. Okay, they farm out the images and the teams actually do something with it. So we've seen Dan Jones and other uh, PR people from, associated with teams using the on-bike footage, but Vellon itself, mm-hmm. I'm still going to... I just have heard nothing other than white noise surrounding this whole concept. Why don't they get on board and say, right, to the women's peloton, at the moment, you, you're doing a race, we're not doing live vision at all. We're just not even when the race is on during the men's. Everyone's there. We're just basically it's a tokenism, completely. Why don't they at least, like I said years ago, get some bi- uh, cameras on the bikes of the women and, and produce a, a, a retrospective coverage so that we, when we wake we- up in the morning in Australia, we can tune in and have a look and think, "Wow, that's really cool. I'm seeing a race like I've never seen it before."
0: It's it's you you could argue that the, the the women's part the women's side of the sport is kind of like low hanging fruit and it would be easy for him for them to actually get maximum value out of the women, whereas at the moment what they're doing with the men really makes no dent at all because the men's the men's races are covered mm. in full mm. at you know in more ways than you can possibly with imagine. helicopters and everything everything mm-hmm. yeah so but. Um, Look, uh, yeah, I've got, you know, these these questions with Vellon. I mean, I think they they exercise most of us as well, we wonder. But it'll be interesting to see what they do with Tour de Swiss because they've stitched up a deal with Tour de Swiss. Mm. and, you know, look. But really, are they broadcast? You know, what are they? Are they I just, know. You know.
1: I feel so. also that coverage on, the, on bike, it still looks pretty amateurish, you know, and the way they package it together <laughs> well, yeah. and the, with the, the, the drones and things like that. I mean, that's kind of gone off the boil too so you know cycling is just such a (laughs) traditionless sport and i think i'm not saying it will always be stuck in the dark age everyone always compares it to what you see in formula one and until I, i don't really want to see the on bike Footage after the race. I want to actually see it uh, well, during. Yeah, yeah, but I'm just saying. But
2: if you're not seeing any of the women's race, why not get that footage? But if VeloN at the moment they're producing these these highlights clips. I mean, they've got a they've got a view through hours of footage to to find those little moments where bike riders jumping over roundabouts and doing things that they shouldn't be doing, and basically proving that there's. Not adhering to the UCI rules, but <laughs> neither here nor there. Let's not get bogged down on that. But what they they can be doing is instead of just putting a whole you know, collection of clips together and just having the noise of the bike, that's great. But the person who took that clip could be asked thirty seconds worth a thirty second interview. Excuse me, uh, uh, Jeremy Rah You you filmed this. What, what are you seeing or what is your take home of yeah. the day? Well, I saw that people were absolutely paranoid. They were grabbing brakes. There were disc brakes. There were these uh, swirling machetes all around me. <laughs> uh, something. Uh, you offer some commentary, okay? Most, yeah. even back in when I started in cycling and there was a real mishmash of languages and you really didn't know and we've been reintroduced to that overnight with Valverde basically speaking Spanish and Spanish alone. But even most yeah. of the peloton now speaks English, which wasn't the case many years ago. We could get a narrative in our language. We could—it doesn't matter. People can learn a language just by listening to twenty seconds of a bike rider talking about a topic that everyone understands. Uh, instead of just this, 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 this void of air, or even if it's feel-good beats, we yeah. don't need that. Just put—you've got three minutes, Vellon. Yeah. Narrate it. Yeah. Give someone the opportunity to call it, and, and and then it becomes much more engaging. Instead, it's just. Oh, <laughs> It's pointless.
1: <laughs> that was Parry
2: roubaix by fantastic. the way. That was fantastic. Anyway, right. I just uh, don't know why I went around yeah. about right. uh,
0: Rob. Just... Rob Rob has a uh, has a side uh, a side job as a uh, as a Disney voice artist.
2: <laughs> Which my sinuses are helping terribly with.
1: <laughs> He's taken over with that guy in police academy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> if it sounds like I'm yelling, it's just because uh, my ears are completely blocked.
1: So. No,
0: look, it's 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 true. They they need to add. They need to do something a little bit more slick. And right now, it just looks uh, it looks patched together and kind of amateurish. Now's and, you the know, time. We just we still. It's been a year. It's been more than a year, actually. We we still haven't seen any improvement look, in any of the presentation yeah. that okay. they deliver to 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 cycling audiences. So you know they they deserve to be asked the serious questions like, when are you actually going to deliver?
2: If it wasn't that we got a press release every three months saying, we're going to change the world, uh, and then nothing, and then there's air, then, then I wouldn't be so critical. But if you're going to change the world, then let's at least see more than three and a half minutes of bloody cobbled together footage.
0: That's right. Mm. I agree. Right. Absolutely. What's um,
1: What's next? I reckon we've given Velon way too much airtime. Air time. Yeah, that's even right. Even though, more yeah, yeah. it, it, c- negative.
0: It's kind of infuriating at the same time. Um, no, it's. A, no, I, 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 I,
2: it's not negative. It's encouragement. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're keen. That's right. We like the concept. Now, can
0: you
1: do something? Now, Roger Ro- <laughs> you work in PR. <laughs> <laughs> oh well,
0: okay. they're getting they're getting a lot of PR from a lot of other uh, media outlets in the cycling industry. They don't need any more. Um, to, 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 sorry, that was a bit of snark on my part. <laughs> we covered
2: a lot of territory with regard to Amstel Gold, but I don't know. Did we mention the words Enrico Gasparotto?
0: No, we haven't. Okay. So, actually, can you do a monologue on Enrico? I'll, I'll just do a little, a little
2: bit, yeah, because uh, and it relates to. Uh, the way that he he finished off the attack. because in Th- This is an
0: Amstel Gold, in we're Amstel talking about Gold, people.
2: And he's riding with the one group Gobert. And uh, you're going to have to help me out with the pronunciation of uh, Antoine, uh, who, who passed away.
1: De Mottier.
2: So it was a, this is a team that hasn't won a, a, a major classic and, uh, They're a that,
1: second
0: division team, just for those who don't know.
2: And they had a rider in their midst who was killed tragically in Yanderewakam three, three weeks ago. And, and then uh, Gasparotto, who, who promised a lot, and, and the team had talked up his chances in advance of the race. And he'd had won the race before with Astana in 2012, and it was, I guess, a result that fell a little flat because everyone was wanting someone a bit more glamorous, perhaps. Yep. But is, is, is led. he's been national champion of Italy. He's led the Giro d'Italia. He's, he's been not around. a plonker. He's, not at all. And no. he read it really well. And at the end, he, he states, oh, look, uh, I, I learned from my experience in of winning in 2012. Do the Kalberg in the 39 and shift to the big green when, you, when you're when cresting the hill. And he did do that. And we have a fantastic shot for, by Yuzuru Sonata, and I'll, I'll tweet it after the, the podcast. But it, it shows him literally... Uh, on on the Ultegra mechanical shifting, yes, that's what? right, people. Yeah, not electronic shifting. Ultegra, uh, oh, no, no. Pardon me, not Ultegra, but Dura. Mechanical yeah. shifting, right. but he's doing the old lever swing, and and it's. So that's uh, and behind him you see this collection of people thinking, is this the move? Is this the move? So it's it it sums up the race brilliantly because you could see uh, Valgren coming across and he read it and he came second and and got on the podium for the first time in a in a major classic uh, from Tinkov and and then um, Sonny i can't even think of his last name colin Nelly. Uh, or cobrelli cobrelli he he comes in third fantastic result but if anyone picked that trio for a trifecta they are rich <laughs> <laughs> because uh, it yep. was a, it was completely outside yeah, and, and i
0: think i think that's maybe one of the reasons why we're spending so much time talking about you know the the orca Edge story mm. rather than that because what you basically had was three guys uh performing in that race that were unexpected i mean mm. there's no way we would have picked that as a podium nope. so i mean let's face it i mean probably the only people who were really excited about what they did was Wanty bear obviously and deservingly so but mm. you know their mums and dads and brothers and sisters you know so mm. it's, it's it's a bit like that um which is a problem in the sport because you know we we need to get excited by some by some of these guys because Someone like Gasparotto is not, as I said, a blonker, and mm. uh, Valgren is on his way up. He's a writer we need to know about. Mm. So you know, it's uh, we look uh, for us. I think who are very close to the sport, we 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 see that and we recognize that. Mm. But yeah, for the for the average fan, it's it's mm. it's very much a hard sell, isn't it?
2: But it's a pretty remarkable story, just to get that one in honor of Antoine. Oh, and, and
0: look, you know, you need you need that sort of emotion the emotion that goes with that i mean that was that's really been i think that win by gasparato was was really the the culmination of a Mm. a a bit of a mourning period by Mm. that team and it's you can imagine that within that team itself that that the 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 the, the release from that victory would have been pretty immense internally maybe it's not something we've had any insight into but Mm. you can bet that within the team that that happened Mm. So you know, it's uh...
1: yeah. I I still like. I think Rob was saying he found Flesh pretty boring. I, I thought Amstel was for me a, a bit of a snooze fest. Uh, <laughs> I, I I feel what I liked about Flesh, perhaps just because it's in my head, uh, is is yeah. I really thought if Cummings had had another guy who was as strong as him, or another two guys, he could that. Yeah, I just love the his he the tactics that he employs late in races. You know, he's he's really come of age. I mean, okay, we're we're so parochial with our Australian riders, but really, coming to me is he, he's I mean, ever since he, he did what he did at last year's tour. Uh, you know this, and he, he did in Basque Country as well. Uh, this, these these types of moves. I mean, uh, it's it's a move that can stick if if it's. Under the right circumstances. And, and he's, he's
0: he's proven he's got the legs to be able to do that now. And he's yeah. got the confidence. That he trusts he backs himself. So yeah. it's good. Mm.
2: Um we can d- we look forward? Let's look forward. Do T- you want to play some tunes?
0: No, you? we don't have to. No? We just keep talking. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah just yeah. keep on just... Yeah, just keep on talking. Okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Rob can do the... No, 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 I'm not that guy.
0: Maybe no. you can sing the theme from Lion, Lion no, King or something. I can't sing for for in tune. Yeah, yeah and, and neither can I. So. I
2: love the idea of karaoke, yeah, yeah. if anyone wants to join us one
0: time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that can be the Cycling Central podcast, podcast yes. Christmas party. Yeah, okay, uh, karaoke. Um,
0: let's look forward to uh, Leage because um, here at SBS, we are broadcasting Leage live on uh, on Sunday night from 10.30, if I recall correctly. And we're gonna have uh, studio again with Tomo and Hank and uh, oh cool you know you know those guys hmm. those, guys. Know, those is, guys is
2: Robbie and Matt yeah yeah
0: it? I think they're there I think uh, or were we using David I can't remember now I'd have to I'd okay. have to look at the uh, but sit up and the watch the this sheet. Sheet. one with the Ripper and Monday's a public holiday
2: yes so, so you can stay up but you still got to do dawn service and all of well, that because we're all patriotic Australians
0: uh, that's right yeah so yeah Um Class. but yeah this race this race is this this race. Is a terrific bike race. This race is sort of like the GC riders' one-day race.
2: Yeah, it's the segue, isn't it? From into, classics, into the, we, we go from Liège, and next week it'll be Tour de Romandie, and then suddenly we're talking about the stage races. And, yes, and, and, and so all right, one last deep breath, and then it's one more monument, and then we rip into into stage race season. And
0: so we get we got we we got any probables for Liège?
2: Well, it has oh. to be Simon Gerrans because. Okay. Uh, because I hear he- that he's the best bike rider in the team.
1: Okay, <laughs> <laughs> and Valverde, <laughs> according according to Simon Gerrans, yeah, yeah, after what we saw from Valverde, I think the- I think Valverde. I mean, he he looked like he wasn't <laughs> even trying. I mean, just you, you just saw the Movistar press release. I mean, he was he was just sitting on. He he just plays that murder de so perfectly, and uh, well. The last time I was there to watch him win uh, flesh, he uh, he he did win Liege a few days later. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it feels like like he said, feel it's he's on. Um, he's perhaps not even back to his previous best. He's almost it feels like he could be better. better.
0: Yes, mm-hmm. that's right.
2: Um, I'd say after what we saw last night, that Dan Martin's got to sort of come over, get get over his classic who and, and do something. Uh, it, Is it what, really, in a
1: stage it, race or in a... One no, race? in classic. Like, I mean, he,
2: you know, he had that terrible time when Simon won Liege Liège, mm. and he crashed in the last corner on a pen or whatever. Neither he nor there, <laughs> you'll know, never know. But it was a very random fall and I yeah. uh, really feel for him. And, and Dan Martin has, you know, he's won a stage of the tour in, in, in an amazing style, um, in in sort of in collusion, if you like, with, uh, with Movistar when... Uh, Alejandro and everyone went crazy in 2013 in the Pyrenees. It was a, an epic day, one of the few days where we've seen uh, Chris Froome falter, but Dan uh, uh, came out of that Movistar charge and, and, and finished off the job. It's sort of, um, it's funny, isn't it? When you talk about uh, Simon Guerin's Alejandro Valverde generally around the mark. They, they've just, all of the races that they do, they do in a similar Style and Dan Martin's pushing himself into that fray as well. There's a there's a whole handful of other guys, you know. At some point, uh, Roman kruziger has got to come better than eleventh, like he did overnight. Yeah, um, I would. I think that there's been a big drought, and we have to see. Uh, we have. To, I, I want to put a little shout out for Michael Woods. From uh, Garmin. A
1: Garmin. No, not no, Garmin. Oh, Sorry, yeah. Not even associated anymore. Yeah, yeah. the, the Canadian, the the Canadian who sleeps stream sports, Jonathan Vordis will be happy. That's right. So it. It, it's the Canadian
0: who's come out of nowhere.
2: And he's fantastic. He's the,
1: someone put <laughs> yeah, out, come out a out the query woods. the other
2: day. He's the only pro cyclist to <laughs> have done a four-minute mile. He's um, That
0: would be running, by the way, people.
2: He came 10th in Flesh Malone or up there, 10th, 11th yeah. or 12th or something like that. And, uh, I mean... This is a team which has been not even knocking on the door. No, they're underperforming dramatically. Um, And and the same applies to Lotto Jumbo. They've got... uh,
0: Well, Hessing's Hessink was he
2: was 14th or so overnight, but they had Kelderman. But Uh, he's he's
0: targeting Liege, though. Okay. So, like,
2: for me, it would be nice to see Cannondale or Lotto Jumbo Actually, throw their arms in the air.
1: Yeah, I expected Out of more than b-
2: frustration.
1: I expected a bit more. I think from Simon Clark and Tom yelter Slakter, I feel these these guys do have leadership roles, and they're not really getting there. Uh, with uh, respect to Garin's and Valverde, I have to say that Valverde tends to. There is a subtle difference with those guys, apart from the nationalities that. Valverde's prepared to go take some risks late in the race, whereas Garen's he really sits on. And uh, I think this is where, getting back to Matthews, I think he's at a level now where he can take risks. I don't think he needs to be that guy who just sits on. He's he's, I feel he's better than that. I mean, this whole that that whole moniker of Guerin's calling him the sniper. Okay, you know he comes out in it because he basically he does. Sit on for most of the race, and I think uh, it's kind of it's it's a way he's won monuments like San Remo and um, Liège. But I I just feel I'm not sure whether that works anymore. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, if we're talking about last, Liege,
2: last word with you, actually. Okay, I'll stop talking. But Richie Porte is riding BMC confirmed overnight. Uh, he's done it. Two or three times before, but always Twice. in the service of others. Yeah. Uh, he, I don't think uh, it's uh, Sammy. Him TJ's and going. No, was him it, and Sammy Sanchez. And and uh, Sammy actually broke BMC protocol last night, and he hugged a guy from another team to congratulate him on it's a win. Incredible. It was a fellow Spaniard. <laughs> I reckon he'll get. There will be a memo going out uh, to him overnight. I thought
0: that was a very nice. And generous mo- moment.
2: I think it's, uh, it's totally appropriate. Yeah. It's, uh, it's only natural that he should congratulate him on, on what was an emphatic ride, but I understand that BMC doesn't like that to happen. Really? Mm. Yeah. Neither here nor there. Let's hope that... Um, Come on,
0: BMC. Let that, them hug it out at the end. It's good. Well,
2: let's hope Sammy's hugging an Aussie winner. Yes. And, and that that Aussie winner is Pitchy
1: Rort. That's a massive or, coy. Even Richie said, I'm not expecting anything from myself, so I'm thinking. No, but that's how he
2: plays it. Yeah. He wasn't expecting anything at Tour Down Under. He won the Queen stage and came sec- third. But and without
1: and, He hasn't raced for a while, <laughs> Rob. I mean. No, but he's he class oh, look, and we're I, coming I, I, into no, stage I, I race season. I don't season. mind. Yeah. I'm happy if he wins. I just don't think he will. Right. No, but we've got yeah.
2: a, we're an Aussie. Podcast, no, but
1: I think, ladies I think, and gentlemen, <laughs> that's right. Okay, Richie, but, but I think, we... I
0: think, I think, really, we want to, we want to see, we want to see a fresh face get up at Liege. So mm. I think, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna hang it all on a on canadale and Lotto yumbo
2: Yeah, well, yeah, exactly,
0: right. Mm-hmm. Just not? for something different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Come on, guys, you and can just do it.
2: for for what it's worth, Michael Matthews was given the uh, shortlist or given the option. Would you like to ride Liege? And he said, "Yes, it's a race that suits me." Mm. And then. Uh, the day after I published my interview, uh, it was confirmed that, no, he would not be taking place on Sunday. Yes. Mm. So the next time we see Simon and Michael in a race together...
0: will be the Tour. It will
2: be the Tour de France.
0: That's right. Oh, God. Anyway. Now, before we go... Lots of highlights. Right. I'm, I'm going to let you know what we've got coming up on the weekend on your TV. Uh, you're not going to want to go outside. In fact, you probably won't go outside. It's apparently going to be rainy in Sydney. I'm not sure about the rest of the country. But even if you're in... Sunny Perth or foggy Adelaide or... Launceston. That, sorry, Launceston. That's right. Yeah. Um, We're champions. Of you, you're going you're to gonna want to be inside. Uh, if you like mountain biking, uh, we've got um, the UCI MTB World Cup is in Cairns uh, this weekend. And we are going to be showing uh, both uh, the Saturday and Sunday, which is the XCO, the cross-country, and also the downhill, downhill uh, the XCO first on Saturday and downhill on sunday um pretty much the whole time so we've got two hours of uh, two hours of mountain bike cross country on uh, on saturday and about five hours of mountain biking downhill on sunday and then we've also got if they got these these who are all
2: does the call for that, is uh, that animated superstar of cycling commentary yes yes
0: it's the it's the uh, it's the red bull crew I love right that are pretty much pretty much rob warner and, and, oh, and those so guys good. yeah yeah it's gonna be great yeah. um and then uh, that's going to be on SBS two. So check your TV guys for that. And then on SBS one, we've also got highlights from Amstel Gold, highlights from last night's Flesh, uh, the InCycle show, and these these are all things that are running one right after the other. And then once In Cycle is over, you get to sit down and have dinner, a little bit of a breather, and then we've got Liège at uh, at ten thirty p.m. on also on the on the main channel on SBS. So you know that's it. Just keep flicking the remote, remote all weekend between like SBS one or two. You could call it Cycling
2: Network, couldn't you? Yeah, I wait, thought wait, it was. I thought you it could was, call
1: it like Cycling Central. Yeah. Oh, it's been done. I yeah, thought it was Channel Nine that show the most cycling hours a year. Anthony, <laughs>
2: <laughs> you told me not to talk, and I
0: did. That's right. Um, so yeah, just keep flicking between uh, between the two main SBS channels over the weekend, and uh, you know you'll be uh, you'll be pretty much right. And. You won't have to watch football or anything. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye-bye.
2: Go